Hi, I'm Vivian. And I'm Jason. And this is Burger of the Week. Each week, we discuss an episode of the Fox animated series Bob's Burgers, and then we create a themed burger based on that episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 9, Spaghetti Western and Meatballs. This episode was written by Kit Boss, which is a really cool name, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's pretty boss. Yeah. And the director was Wes Archer, so also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This episode aired originally on March 27th, 2011. And fun fact, Spaghetti Westerns are named that way because they were produced and directed by Italians. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, I had no idea why Spaghetti Westerns were actually called that. I'm not really much of a Western movie fan, mm-hmm. so this trivia knowledge was, like, completely lost on me and <laughs> kind of funny. And we didn't really have any new voice actors this week, but I did want to point out that John Roberts, who voices Linda, voiced Jocelyn. He does the voice of Jocelyn throughout the rest of the series, and uh, that's Tina's... Tina's friend, kind of. <laughs> yeah, until we get introduced to the other friend. Oh, yes. 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 So I didn't realize that John Roberts did uh, Jocelyn. Yeah, it took me a really long time to figure that out. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The store next door was STD Be Gone, which was a free clinic. And the exterminator van <laughs> was, again, rats all folks. We only had one burger of the day. For this episode, which was shootout at the Okra Corral Burger. I think some of my burgers might be able to beat that. It's cute. Okra is kind of gross, though. I don't even know what it is. It's a kind of vegetable. Oh. Yeah. Like, is it like a lettucey thing? No, it's like a weird, almost string bean looking type of thing. But On it... a burger? Yeah, I don't know. It just... Not not a fan. Not a big fan of okra. Although I think it's very popular maybe in like the southern parts of the US. Hmm. Maybe it's like a southern thing, like cornbread and that kind of stuff. Well, I know my burgers are terrible and they'll beat that. <laughs> okay. All right. You're feeling confident, but not <laughs> self-deprecatingly confident. Yeah. Does that work? It's a good yeah. dichotomy there. Okay. So, Jason, do you have any initial thoughts before we get into the episode this week? Absolutely. Every time I think of my top 10, maybe, Bob's Burgers episodes, I never even think about this episode. But every time I watch it, I always love it. Absolutely love it. Almost everything about this episode I think is fantastic. And I always forget about it in my top. So, yeah, that was... That's my thoughts. Okay. We have very different opinions this week. <laughs> good. <laughs> Which I guess is good. Um, personally, I'm not a big fan of this episode. I don't find that it has a very clear story. I feel like there's just way too much going on. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I tend to forget the main plot of this episode every time I go back to it. I tend to forget about this episode in general, except for the ZD moment. Of course. Because it's a classic. Yeah. But I tend to forget about this episode, and then when I go back to it, I sort of go, oh, right, there's this going on, there's that going on, there's 
just going on. It's just a little messy, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So this week, we decided to not do like a beat by beat, but instead to go through each person's story, I suppose. So we're going to start with the Louise story. Louise feels crowded out of her special time with her dad when Jean and Bob bond over Banjo, a spaghetti western that Bob loves. Later, she feels ignored when Jean focuses his attention on arrival at school instead of spending time with his sister. Bob purchases the box set of Banjo movies and Louise attempts to bond with her mother and sister. Louise's jealousy boils over the next day at school when she and Jean start a food fight in the cafeteria which lands him in detention. Jean's rival challenges him to a fight, but he, Bob, and Louise run away from Choo Choo and his father. It's a great name for a bully. Choo Choo? It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great in its utter terribleness. <laughs> yeah. Louise confesses to her, her father and brother that she was upset that they stopped spending time with her. Yeah, so that's the main plot of this story. Yeah, I see that. Because there's the most attention paid to that. That's how we start the episode. It's not actually how we end the episode, mm-hmm. which is a complaint of mine. I would prefer if we ended that way. Um, but that's, yeah, that's our emotional heart of our episode. Like, we have this great moment with them in the in the slide where mm-hmm. Louise finally confesses, like, why she's been so jealous and frustrated with the two of them because she just she feels misses her dad and she misses her brother and she wants to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. But she's also dealing with the jealousy of sharing, you know, the father that she loves with siblings. It's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Speaking as someone with a sibling, it's sometimes a little bit hard to share that attention, especially Mm -hmm. when you're younger and you don't really know how to process those emotions into just, oh, well, it's fine if they have time with dad or mom. And I'll get my time with dad or mom. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're encroaching on something that's mine, Mm -hmm. you know, and you feel very possessive of it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of this episode is seeing the vulnerable side of Louise. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like it's really sweet to see Louise spend time with her dad and spend time with Jean and actually want to be with them mm-hmm. and get kind of emotional and have her little her little tears that, of course, she Completely says are totally denies. fake yeah. um, in the slide. It's really sweet. It is a nice moment. Like, I don't hate this episode. I'm not, like, saying it should burn in <laughs> flames or anything like that, yeah. but... Yeah, I just think there's too much going on. Hmm. What about the episode do you find has too much? Because to me, there's a very straightforward progression of Louise with her dad, Louise with Jean, and then dealing with the situation and then the final moments at the, the luncheon or the dinner. I think as the show progresses, we start to have like an A plot and a B plot. So Mm -hmm. generally something going on with the kids and then something going on with the parents. Right. Or something to that effect. And one person gets to be the star of that episode. So there's lots of episodes where Tina's the star or Louise is the star and that's the story. So you don't feel like there's a star? I just feel like it might have been clearer if we weren't trying to do... Like, Linda's revenge story and also Tina's jealousy with <laughs> Jocelyn and yeah. Jimmy Jr. And I just felt like there was a lot of little moments. And then you get 
And then the whole abs with Mr. Franz. Yeah, and and then you get Choo Choo and Jean, and it, it, there's just a lot happening. Everybody's in this episode. That's yeah. part of the reason I think I love it, is because you get a little bit of everybody. Mm-hmm. You get some Tina, you get some Jean, you get some Linda. You, you, It's a full family episode. Every member of the family is in there somewhere, and they all have something to do, and nobody feels left out. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. We're getting everybody, everyone has their own little story, mm-hmm. which I think, so I think both of our opinions are valid. Like, it mm-hmm. is a good episode. There's a lot of really funny moments in it, a lot of really great jokes. Yeah. And everybody gets a little bit of time to themselves in this episode, but I think it can feel a little overwhelmed with story. A little at crowded. Times. Yeah, a little bit crowded. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that we gave the sort of like jealous sibling story to Louise instead of Jean. Because that's just them ignoring that middle child syndrome that you always hear about where, Mm -hmm. you know, the middle child feels ignored or kind of like out of place because the eldest is supposed to be the one that, you know, all the responsibilities are put on, which we see with Tina, like she has to work at the restaurant and then the youngest child is the one that's like gets babied. And... Yeah, gets babied and kind of gets like a lot of attention, sure. and then the middle child gets left behind. So that was sort of nice. I thought it was fairly obvious because Gene just doesn't care about too much. He's a really easygoing guy, so he wouldn't really feel jealous. He doesn't get upset easily with his siblings. Yeah, but there are other things that upset him. Mm-hmm. Like people finishing his jokes. Yeah, that would be super annoying. Super this choo choo guy annoying. is the worst. <laughs> and his dad, right up there with him. <laughs> He's basically cookie cutter choo choo, just grown up. He's Papa Chew. Oh my god. Oh my god. Papa Chew. That's fantastic. Um, uh, I wonder if Gene would have been more jealous if it had been Linda. Because I don't feel like Bob and Gene are very close. No. And this continues on through the series. Like, I've noticed this, that the two of them don't have a lot of adventures together. They don't seem to have a ton in common. Like, Jean's jokes always kind of great on Bob. And, you know, a lot of, well, a lot of his jokes have to do with, of course, his keyboard and, like, silly sound effects. And kind of shouting out things that are a little bit crazy. And I don't think Bob particularly connects with his humor right and we see that in this episode when he's trying to bond with gene over throwing playing catch um doing the musical stuff and then he realizes hey we can bond over watching a movie that i like that i make gene that i make gene watch (laughs) which who hasn't tried to do that at some point we've all tried to do that i i get it bob it's cool um but yeah i think gene is more like linda Yeah, and I think he tends to gravitate towards her, Mm -hmm. just like Louise gravitates towards Bob. You know, similar personality types, right? Yep. I like that Gene and Bob, like the two of them are not typically masculine. At all. Which is, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is partly why I think maybe they struggle with this like finding their father-son dynamic and finding that activity that'll work for them because Bob is clearly trying to do like these sort of masculine activities with him like sports and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and 
Gene has no interest, but Bob is also not Bob very good at it. Bob doesn't have an interest either. And he doesn't really have an interest. So it's like Bob is trying to fill this role of like, you know, this masculine dad who goes out and, you know, plays catch with his kid and that kind of thing. But that's not him. And then he's also failing as a dad in that way because he's not paying attention to what his child would like. Mm-hmm. Like he's not doing something that Gene would enjoy. He's not going, oh, okay, well, let's try something musically out or whatever, you know? So. Bob doesn't seem to have very many hobbies. No, he's really busy. He works a lot. He works a lot. I mean, he likes, obviously, terrible spaghetti western movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait, terrible? Okay. Banjo's a badass. Banjo looked awful. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, um. no, no, no. We can agree to disagree. Uh, and we'll see in later episodes that he likes things like gardening. That's true. Um, and, oh goodness, what else does he like? Oh my God, I'm drawing Bob, a blank get right some now. interest. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think he he doesn't have a lot of hobbies. You're right. Because he doesn't have all that much time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Another moment that I really liked of Louise's is you see how similar she is to Bob in the sense that she, in the cafeteria, she's doing food court. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And she's talking with her food. And we <laughs> learn that Bob loves making his food talk. So there's another great moment of bonding there. Like father, like daughter. Oh, they're so alike, those <laughs> they're so two. Alike. Yeah, I love them. They're fantastic. And also Food Court. Food Court's fantastic. The puns in this episode. The puns. And the burn unit. I love their name for that. Oh my god. And Bob's like insulting and saying like... like, we we have really terrible names for things. Uh, no, you have fantastic names. Quiet your mouth. (laughs) Although Um, the menstruation nation is awful. It's a little awful, but hilarious. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Louise in this episode (laughs) because I can see why she wouldn't exactly get along with Tina. Like, they're at very different stages in their lives. Mm -hmm. But also, I felt bad for her when she goes to Linda, and Linda doesn't even, like, think about, oh, hey, what would you like to do? She doesn't even offer, like... No, she just starts freaking out about, oh, it's mommy-daughter time, yay, it's so exciting, and then... Oh, my God. That makeover, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, it was bad, right? it was pretty bad. (laughs) Louise is not at that age where she wants to do that. Yeah, and I don't think Louise will ever be. That's true. She's at not that, that point type in of... her life. I don't think she's going to be interested in that kind of thing in the future. But mainly I just felt bad that Linda doesn't try to find something that they can both enjoy. She just goes straight for something that she knows she'll love. Yeah. Or that's very typically like mother-daughter type activity which is exactly what Bob was trying to do with Jean, like father-son kind of activity. So neither of the parents are really paying much attention to what they should do for their kids that their kids would like. Mm-hmm. It's a relatable story, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, like, yeah. Personally, my mom did this kind of thing when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a very girly girl. Mm-hmm. And my mom is definitely a little bit more like that. So there were a lot of times where she would try to say, oh, well, let's go get like our hair done or we could go get our nails done. And if you know me, I hate nail polish like so (laughs) So much, so much, so much, get it off, get it off, get it off. Exactly. 
So none of that appeals to me. And it was a little bit frustrating sometimes when you've got this idea in your mind of like what your mom should be like, or if you're a mom, what your daughter should be like and what kind of relationship you're going to have with them. And Mm -hmm. then if they turn out to be different than you expect. Yeah. You know? And to not be disappointed. Yeah, exactly. And to love them for who they are instead of kind of trying to force what you love on them. Yeah. Right? Man, we're getting deep this episode. Too deep. Too deep. Then we have, at the very end, we have the final bonding moment between Louise, Jean, and Bob in the the slide, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. How cute was it that Louise was trying to fart just so it sounded or (laughs) smelled like her dad's as well? Uh, (laughs) I thought it was really cute. Yeah. It was was a little gross, but it was still, it was still really cute. Yeah, she's... The having that moment of like, no, but I'm still like you. But I'm still like you. And then, oh, it ends up smelling like her mom's. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, sad. I really liked that. <laughs> you really liked the fart. I did, I did. Because <laughs> Louise was trying so hard to prove that she's similar to her dad. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was nice. Yeah, she's still trying. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Linda story. Mr. Fraun asks Linda to cater Tina's conflict resolution spaghetti dinner fundraiser. Linda is determined to beat last year's dinner and defeat her rival, Colleen Caviello, and her baked ziti. It's a terrible name. It's like a mouthful in itself. Yeah. She's frustrated when Mr. Fraun cancels the spaghetti dinner, but Bob makes it up to her by showing up to the fundraiser anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, best part of the episode is definitely the... Oh my god, I love this ZD. so gross <laughs> it's like the and only so fantastic. Part. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's like the only part of the episode I actually remember <laughs> later on. The great slow motion. Oh, it's oh so my. gross. And what is up with all this ZD popping Just out of their mouth? Like, out of her mouth. Hello, close your mouth, you weirdo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> No, Linda says it's like the worst day of her life. I know. Oh, that's definitely my favorite part of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> no, no. no. I, Linda's story to me was very one-dimensional. Mm. And it was very superficial. Didn't feel like it was necessary. Okay. Because nothing seemed to really happen in it. She showed up, Colleen, and provided dinner. And I guess that was a win for her. Yeah. She feels like she reclaimed her crown of, I don't know, proving to Colleen that she has what it takes to make a spaghetti dinner. Yeah, we don't really get a lot of backstory on why she hates Colleen Caviello so much. Except for the fact that she's made apparently really good ziti and everybody loved it. Yeah. But I don't see why that should make Linda feel terrible Mm -hmm. like she does. I mean, I, I still know. love that scene. I, oh, I, yeah. Nothing great. will make me hate that no, scene. No, it's great. But yeah, there's not really any kind of lesson or anything really going on there. And then we get to the end of the episode and Linda hasn't learned anything or really done anything. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of annoyed with her because she puts all of this pressure on Bob to make everything and she doesn't seem to she be doesn't doing anything. Do anything. She doesn't help out. No. She's too busy, like, stewing Anyway, yeah, it was a little bit frustrating because 
I noticed Bob is making the meatballs. Bob seems to be cooking the spaghetti. Like, what are you doing, Linda? Are you making the sauce? I, okay, you know what? I am assuming now that she made the sauce homemade because she was like complaining to Colleen Caviello. I'm sorry, you know? Linda doesn't know how to cook. <sighs> Bob's the cook of the house. Linda knows how to cook. She made herself like a weirdly large plate of scrambled eggs in the first Scrambled eggs is moment. not cooking. Okay, fine. <laughs> but anyway, I have to like imagine that she's doing something she's or else I'm something. just frustrated with her for yeah. forcing Bob to make a f- massive free dinner mm-hmm. just because she has a weird grudge against Maybe Colleen. she ro- maybe she No, Bob is the one who like assembles the meatballs and everything. We see him do it. I thought we saw him grind it and then she did it. No. no okay. No. He does everything. Yep. Linda, stop letting me down. Get it together, girl. Stop letting me down. I'm so disappointed in you. You can do stuff. Make that sauce, girl. Anyway. All right. And our next story is Tina's story. Tina is part of a conflict resolution club headed by Mr. Frond. The guidance counselor created the ABS program, Access Your Feelings, Be Apologetic, and Slap It. The ABS system was used to help students deal with conflict. Tina loses her cool during the fundraiser and attacks her classmate, Jocelyn. And that's it. Yeah. That's Tina's story. It's that's Tina's not, story. There's not a lot going on there. And pretty much all I have to say about it is this program sucks. <laughs> um, I agree with Bob and he's like, this is terrible and yep. we should not be doing it. Because what even is going on here? Mr. Frond is trying so hard to be cool and connect with the students and be hip and down with it and use the lingo that kids use. And he's trying so hard that he completely misses what students actually care about. Yeah. And that's not lame things that like this. Yeah. What's with the slap it? <laughs> I mean, it's just dumb, slap right? Slap it. But... But of course he slaps his butt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I... I admire his um, obvious desire to give, like, students some sort of conflict resolution training, you know, like a way to sort of deal with everyday conflicts right, and their own emotions. But it clearly doesn't work. And not only that, but this is not how you do conflict resolution. It's just bad. No one feels heard. You're apologizing because you feel like you need to apologize, not because you actually feel sorry. And mm-hmm. then slapping it? That's not a resolution. <laughs> anyway. That's like hugging it out at the end. Yeah, but it's just High five terrible. me, bro. I, we resolved this situation. Did you, though? No. What did you think about Tina's jealousy? Um. I, I see hmm. Tina being jealous, and we've seen it before. But it just seemed a little bit too aggressive. Yeah, it seemed kind of shoehorned in just so we could start like another fight. Mm -hmm. I don't... I don't really understand Jimmy Jr. and Tina sometimes because it's like they have feelings for each other, but they don't. And that's not my like middle school experience is when people tended to like each other, they would actually just date even if they were really young. They didn't have this, like, weird, oh, we kissed at your party this one time, but then I'm going to, like, not talk to you. That's funny, because that's 
how it was like for me. Oh, in, really? In elementary, I guess, but not like seven and eight, Tina's age. It was yeah. more for grade six and grade five. People were like, quote unquote, dating. Yeah. Holding hands one week and then it was somebody else the next week. And then they were back with another person and nobody really knew. And it was like, oh, are they together this week? And oh, I don't know. Okay. Who's, who's keeping track? Maybe I didn't have the typical middle school experience. I was not one of these people dating people, mm-hmm. but I remember... Oh, no, neither like, was I. Gasp. Oh. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't uh, I didn't start dating till like, grade 10. Yeah. Which seems weirdly young now that I'm thinking about it. That seems weirdly it. late. Okay, fine. Hey, Rude. I wasn't until grade 10 either, so... <laughs> What, really? Or maybe 11. I, I thought don't... you started dating in grade 12, Mr. Late Bloomer. Well, I don't know. No? Who can, who can keep <laughs> track these days? Um, okay, well, yeah, it just seems like a weird relationship. And then for her to get very, very jealous of Jocelyn felt kind of weird, mm-hmm. I guess. It doesn't feel like the Tina that I've grown to know and love. It's not the Tina we've grown up with. No. Eight episodes in. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't seem true to her character. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Yeah. And what about Gene's story? I don't... Okay, I get why he hates this choo-choo guy, because, like, how annoying is that? Yeah. But I find it a little frustrating that he continues after he's already kind of put him in his place. Oh, I totally get it. Because he's claimed his dominance, which mm. is kind of silly. But he's like, now I have the power. I'm the one... Who can, you know, push you down and I'm kind of in control of the situation right now. So he feels that, that power. So he continues to abuse it. Okay. And it all comes crumbling down when Choo Choo's, when Choo Choo wants to fight him. Yeah, because Gene is not physically strong. He's a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, Gene is soft, okay? He's he's soft (laughs) physically and emotionally. Yeah. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with being soft. No. He's like his dad. Yeah. Neither of them want to fight. His dad says very clearly, it's not that we're running away. We're respectfully declining their invitation. invitation. Right. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) One thing about this episode animation wise that I really noticed when Gene was doing his facial, his stares, um, throughout the episode, it felt very similar to home movies. Oh. I know I keep bringing up home movies, but there are so many similarities that it's hard not to. But his face is very reminiscent of a lot of the characters, the way their mouths are drawn and animated. Mm-hmm. They're almost over-exaggerated. And Bob's, from season two onward, really dials it down they almost completely get rid of the almost the loose animation style that they're doing right now okay and you if you watch episodes in season seven right now and you watch and you pay attention to their mouths you can see that it's not very there's not a lot of variation and in contrast to the first season if you pay attention to their mouths again there's a lot of a lot of hand-drawn frame by frame over exaggeration they really blow it out so it's it's kind of neat to watch especially in this episode there's a lot of squiggly lines very unrealistic Mm -hmm. the way his face kind of moves 
So I thought it was kind of neat. And I never noticed it since. So it was just in this episode. Interesting. It was kind of neat. Yeah. I actually took screen caps of his his different faces. faces. I think I'm going to post them on Twitter because they're fantastic. Just his attempt at like the icy (laughs) banjo stare, you know, like they're just perfect. They're they're great. I mean, as much as Gene thinks is intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. As much as Gene kind of confuses me and annoys me in this episode sometimes because maybe maybe I'm just identifying a little too much with Louise. Mm. Um I do love his his icy stare. It's pretty great. Yeah. All right, Jason, do you want to get to our burgers of the week? Let's do it. All right, so my first burger this week is whoa, the Whoa, 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 let's back it up. What? Are they any good? Because mine aren't. <laughs> um they're not bad. <laughs> I There's... had a really hard time this episode. I did too, actually. It it took me quite a while to figure out what to do. They're not great. They're not bad. I don't know. I'm going to judge based on your reaction if they're good or not. I kept trying to shy away from spaghetti-themed burgers because it just seemed too in your face. Yeah. And that would be disgusting. Yeah. I actually looked up, like, okay, does anyone even try to do spaghetti burgers? And instead of having some sort of like, oh, here's spaghetti on top of your patty and then a bun, it was patties made out of spaghetti, like smushed together and I guess hardened enough that you could actually keep them. Yeah, it just seemed gross. No, I'm good. Not a fan. No. No, mm -mm. Okay. Okay. So my first burger this week is the provolone ranger. That's really good. Yep. It would be a meatball patty with breadcrumbs. So like breadcrumbs and spices and whatever you put in meatballs. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't eat that stuff. Um, It would have garlic aioli and provolone cheese. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We might as well just stop here because that's pretty good. Oh, come on. No, that's really good. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Tell me yours. Uh, I had the flan joe burger. (laughs) What? (laughs) What's a flan joe? Because it's banjo, but... Flan. You know what flan is? Ew! On a burger? <laughs> I Jesus. know, right? Flan is like a dessert. It's like a dessert, right? What the hell? So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just maybe way. it's not actually a burger. Maybe it's just shaped like a burger. Oh, so you kind of mold a the flan. Dessert burger. Right. Okay, you're so introducing like, a whole new category here. Well, That's interesting. DQ introduced the treats of pizza, so I oh. can introduce the flan Joe burger. Good point. And we should all model our lives after Dairy Queen. <laughs> well, if if that could be my god, then I would pray to Dairy Queen. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. So what would be on your flan Joe burger? Would it just literally it would just be, be flan? <laughs> It would probably be like cut or carve into oh a burger shape. And just, you know. <laughs> That's it? That's Where's it. the banjo part of it? It's just because the name. Okay, oh, all right. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, you only had two this week, right? Yeah. Okay, I have three. So we'll just see how that goes. Okay. All right. I had the green eyed lobster, kind of like the green eyed monster, like jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know? So it would be a lobster patty with bacon, salsa. Bob can't make that burger. Shh. We don't know that yet. <laughs> We're pretty sure. Spoilers. But also, he <laughs> could get Linda to make it. Whatever. Okay. He could get Linda to make the patty. I've already stated she's not a cook. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. That okay, is okay, your okay. headcanon about <laughs> yeah, Linda? Yeah, anyway, yeah. 
So it would be a lobster patty with bacon, salsa, lettuce, and mayo. Okay, and I definitely found this burger online. It's not called that at all. It's just called, like, sure. a lobster burger. But it's by Jamie Oliver, and I'm going to put the recipe in our show notes because... Oh, it's by Jamie Oliver, and then none it... of us can make it. No. But it's probably delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really good if you're into that kind of thing. So definitely check it out if a lobster BLT slash burger sounds delicious mm. to you. Yes. Okay, what's your second burger? My second and final burger is the Exclusion Burger. Aww. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Louise feels excluded from her dad and Jean, and so it would be a burger with a, an egg on it. A fried egg. <laughs> I love how your recipes are just so creative. Yep. <laughs> Maybe some barbecue sauce, too. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> I was going more for the names and the ingredients this week. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. <sighs> and my last one is called the Banjo Ranchero Burger. So it would have, uh, it would be a beef patty with fried egg, tortilla chips, salsa, and cheddar. So it would kind of be like huevos rancheros, just like an egg, bean, tortilla, mm-hmm. like stuff. mexican thing. Yeah, it's what I had in New York that you were like, man, I wish I got that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's really what I got. Good. It was really good. So a Banjo Ranchero burger would probably be delicious with a side of beans. I just added that now, Jason. That's good. Yeah. If anybody lives in New York City on... Well, the... technically it was Brooklyn. Okay, near, Bro- near Brooklyn. And what is what was it, the living room or... Bushwick's, Bushwick's living room, something yeah. like that. Anyway, they had amazing oh Waybar's Rancheros. So it was fantastic. I had like a bite and it was very good. Yeah. I wish I could recreate how good it was. All right, Jason. So do you want to pick your favorite of mine? I'll pick my favorite of yours and then we duke it out. Or I what like do you want your to do? First one. The Provolone Ranger? I do. I really like that. You think that one should just win? I think like, I hands just down. Win, hands down. Okay. Alrighty. Well, if you're going to concede, then... I mean, if you, unless you think one of mine beats yours, then... <laughs> I mean, I think the Planjo burger is, like, the funniest thing I've heard this, like, today. Oh, today. Oh, that's great. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, the funniest thing I've heard in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's <laughs> sorry, fine. I didn't that's... mean to make such a dig at you. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's just go with that, I guess. That works fine. It's yeah, very Western The Provolone themed. Ranger. It's great. It's, it's cute. It's good. For good sure. thinking. This is Burger of the Week, a Multiverse Radio production. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like our show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Like, really. Like a ton. Like a, a, a burger ton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like to know, you know, what you guys think of the show. If you think that there's anything that we can improve on, like, send us a tweet. Or if you really don't like email. this Burger of the Week idea, we can just scrap it. Yeah, totally. If you're just like, go home, stop talking, go away, I don't like you, then, you know, we'll just don't listen to our show. Yeah, send us a message and we'll totally ignore it. (laughs) Yeah, because why are you listening anyway? (laughs) If you have any comments or a punny burger name you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter at Multiverse Radio or Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. You can also visit our website, multiverseradio.ca. See you next Sunday for a review of episode 10, Burger Wars. Yeah, I always get this episode mixed up with the uh Family Fracas? No, I get this one mixed up with the video game Burger Wars. Oh. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what this one's about because I don't really remember.
remember right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll meet you next week. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Meet you next week. Oh my God. (laughs) You did that on purpose, didn't you?